This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. I'm coming to you live from my junkie room in D.C. Now, who else is coming to you from D.C.? Sooner fans? Caleb Williams. I told y'all, I told y'all a while ago that this D.C. area talent is no joke. The conference I played in is no joke. Caleb Williams came from the conference I was in. Joseph Wete came from the conference I was in. Unfortunately, the way the conference looks now compared to when I was in it, um, it's pretty much a four-team monopoly. It's St. John's, Gonzaga, Good Counsel, DeMatha, and everybody else. It's so bad, they had to make a second division of the WCAC. McNamara is still in the toughest division. That means they have to play all four of those teams, and no surprise, they get blown out. And they, they get blown out in all those games. But when I was in school, we was competitive with all four of those teams. But St. John's wasn't a freaking regional powerhouse, borderline national powerhouse back when I was playing. But I'm getting off on a tangent. Caleb Williams, he's the number one QB in the 2021 class. Oh, my God. I'm going to tell you how little I follow recruiting. Caleb Williams and Joseph Wete, they were on the same team in 2018. When I ref their scrimmage, it was the start of the season. I had done no preparation. I wasn't really looking at the rules. I didn't do any seven-on-seven seven games. But, boom, they throw me in a game. Gonzaga versus Paint Branch. Gonzaga blows them out. I didn't even realize the quarterback and their DN were not only top prospects, I didn't know that OU was recruiting them or OU would go on to recruit. I had no idea. If I knew that, I would have been more aware. But maybe that was a good thing because then it wouldn't have gave me that much anxiety trying to ref and pay attention to those kids too. So maybe that's a good thing that I didn't know what they were. Besides, I was on the paint branch sideline, and they were giving me a whole lot of hell. So <laughs> so I couldn't really enjoy that anyway. But, man, I just did not know. But I'm glad he's with OU, and I was looking at his highlights just not too long ago. I'm like, he's a dual-threat quarterback, clearly. So he's like Baker Mayfield. Kyler Murray and Jalen Hurts all rolled up into one. That's exciting. That is exciting. And he was the kid. See, this is another reason why I'm so oblivious to recruiting. That same year in 2018, he was the same kid that made that um Hail Mary pass to beat DeMatha in the championship, which was clearly the most epic WCAC finish, most epic state champion whatever championship finish ever that definitely that I've ever seen he made that throw if he got that type of balls and that type of clutch gene I don't know what the hell happened last year they were nowhere to be found in the championship last year but if he had that type of moxie and poise in the pocket like that and that and that type of like balls just imagine what he gonna do to Texas and Oklahoma State and maybe he'll even get us to the playoffs and through the playoffs into an eighth championship. Boy, oh boy. I'm very excited about this kid. And I need to do my research and I need to keep watching 
film and highlights of this guy because I'm I am a fan. I, I'm just mad. I, I it took me this long to really like know who he was. I didn't really know who he was till this year. Like no joke. I had no idea Caleb Williams because everyone was talking about Caleb Williams this, Caleb Williams that. I had no idea this guy was down the street. None. And I'm so glad OU has him because now he gets here. We get him. We're going to sit behind Spencer, I assume, because Spencer's going to be here one one more year after this. We're going to sit behind Spencer, learn, get better, you know, get used to college life, I assume. I assume. And then he's going to hop in there 2022, and it's over. It's over for Texas, bro. It's over for Oklahoma State. It's over for the SEC. It's over for the Big 12. This guy is like that. Now, will I have time to see him this year? I mean, I'm expecting to have a heavy referee schedule because I don't have a job. So, well, my job is supposed to be um, building up GOAT level. I'm doing a horrible Horrible job building up GOAT level. So if things are going the way it's going, I should have a heavy rough schedule. Heavy. So I might not have time to watch him play. And who knows? I'm in my fifth year. I might mess around and get one of his games. Now, I'm not going to be – listen, when we get on that field, I don't care if he is going to OU. I'm going to be a ref, and I'm going to just call it like I see it. I'm not going to help him out, bro. I'm not. I'm going I'm to do my job. If something go wrong, don't blame me. It's football. <laughs> but most likely, because how our uh, organization works, I'm probably not going to get any of his games. Uh, his games are going to be reserved for our more experienced, better refs. So I probably won't get any of his games. The only way I'm going to have going to see him is I probably have to, like, call off or block off one of the days he's playing or I have to wait to the playoffs where there's no other games going on and I can go see him play because I won't have to do anything else. <laughs> but I'm excited, man. Um, Another good thing about this is all the OU fans, getting back to the Merlin fans that were talking trash and trying to negative recruit us, uh, negative recruit OU. Because remember... On one of my podcasts, um, like last month or two months ago, I called out Merlin fans for talking trash, despite them being trash the last few years, and basically their whole existence. I called them out for being trash, and their and their argument made little sense, and they have no like track record of success, especially for quarterbacks. And then they get. Talia and that definitely like put a dent in their argument that we don't care about QB recruits we just get the best transfers they literally just did the same thing and then when we get Caleb Williams they be like oh it don't matter we got Talia man shut up bro y'all trash and you were never getting Caleb Williams now if he went to Caleb now if Caleb Williams went to Merlin I would have been fine because at least He's in the area, and at least he's trying to – I mean, I have a soft spot for Merlin, even though, you know, they, they have no business talking trash to any OU fans. 
when it comes to football. You know, I have a soft spot in my heart for them because they're the they're the biggest football program in the area. And, you know, I kind of want to see them do well, even though they shouldn't be talking. I kind of want to see them do well. It's good for the area. But, no, nah, they weren't going to they weren't gonna get Caleb Williams. It's just like the Jalen Hurts thing. At least with the Jalen Hurts thing, I wasn't, I wasn't expecting Jalen Hurts to go to OU. I was pretty much expecting Caleb Williams to go to OU. They, they salty. They're going to have to eat their words. They're catching the wrath of, of OU Twitter. Some of the most outspoken Merlin fans are catching the wrath of OU Twitter. And they, you should have never got us started, bro. Don't talk about the playoffs. You can't even get in the top five of the Big Ten. And you talking about us in the playoffs. You can't even get to the playoffs. You can't even get to the Big Ten championship. Not even close. Don't make injury excuses. Because even with a healthy team, you're not beating Ohio State. You're not beating Michigan. Every time you play Michigan, you get blown out. Except that one time where you won. Other than that, every time you play Michigan, you get blown out. Every time you play Ohio State, it's over halftime. You can't beat Michigan State. You recruit against Penn State. You can't beat Penn State. You can't beat Penn State on the field or off the field. Just stop. Knock it off. You keep playing. You might as well go back to the Big East or the ACC. But I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna spend too much time on Merlin. You already know they don't need to be talking about anything when it comes to football. Just stick to basketball and lacrosse. Now, Caleb Williams. I'm glad you're sooner. Let's get the work. I hope you have a great senior season. This is not going to be a normal senior season because this COVID-19, you might not even have a senior season. You might They might just say, screw it, man. Just come on to OU next year. Get ready for them flights from D.C. to Oklahoma City. I mean, they're not as bad as you as people think. You know, the, the flights aren't that bad. You know what I'm saying? You, you're going to love OU, kid. I'm sure you loved your visit already. I just wish him the best, man, regardless. And if he is as good as I've seen so far, y'all in trouble. <laughs> y'all in trouble. That's all I know. Now, the Redskins. The Redskins name change saga is finally going to end. It looks like it. The moment I saw FedEx request for them to change the name, I knew it was a wrap. I was like, oh, oh, man. Oh, FedEx? FedEx of FedEx Field told them to change the name? Oh, it's getting changed now. It's definitely getting changed. What are they going to change the name of the field to? It's over. Then Nike jumped in. And uh, who else? Pepsi. These are huge companies. And then I heard that three minority owners backed out of, or not backed out, but they're selling their investment on the Redskins. They own 40% of the Redskins and they're selling it. Bro, it is over. It is a wrap for the name Redskins. And by the way, I'm about to change it on Madden on my fantasy league. I just need the correct amount of points. Madden's stupid. They should let me change it regardless. But whatever. Um, This is crazy. The name drama is over. No more protests. No more lawsuits. Now, I did a little research on it, just a little bit, not a lot. Well, I I heard that, you know, the Redskins name started in Boston, 
they renamed the Boston Braves and then they changed it to the Redskins to make a make it a playoff Red Sox. They stayed in Boston for like four years and then they moved to to Washington. They trademarked the name in 1967. Since then, there's you know when they went to the Super Bowl, I think in Minneapolis, I believe, or maybe some somewhere in the Midwest or West, people were protesting the name. Even Santana Moss said on the radio that every time they go out west, they protest the name. How many? I've seen multiple Redskin name protests in D.C., especially the latest one I saw at Farragut Square. There have been big time lawsuits from Indian tribes, and it seems like every time the Redskins come out on top and the name stays. Either they got better lawyers. Or it's just not a big deal. Or it's just not a big deal to the judicial system. I don't know. I I guess the main thing, the reason why they kept winning in court is because of the Constitution and the First Amendment rights. And it's like people don't have the right to change the name simply because it's offensive. They should be able to say whatever they want if we got freedom of speech. I kind of understand that, but it's just its just not good. It's a racial slur, man. It's a racial slur. It's just not good. It's not, it's not morally right, man. And, well, there's a good number of Redskins fans that are okay with it. And honestly, me, I didn't even... I just thought the name just is what it is, and it's just going to stay like that forever. Or until another generation comes through and decide, okay, enough of this name. <laughs> it's done. I didn't think much of it. No one really did until they learned what the name really meant. It's got to go. It's got to go. And I, it's usually I use the name lately to freaking laugh at the Redskins sitcom. See, I call the Redskins a sitcom for many reasons. I mean the controversial name thing. They, you how you gonna call your name? How you gonna call your team a racial slur? They don't know what to do with the name. They don't know what they should call themselves. And then when they call themselves something, they call themselves a racial slur. Are you kidding me? And then they got shaky leadership. Dan Snyder's a joke. The general managers are a joke. They got Doug Williams. He's all right, but it doesn't matter. They don't be winning, and he kind of got demoted a little bit. And then, you know, the head coaches, the legendary head coaches, Joe Gibbs' second term was all right, but then he he fell off. Mike Shanahan, that was a disastrous end. Oh, the, the freaking Jay Gruden ended up being a disaster. Like, it's just uh, always shaky leadership. Norv Turner, Marty Schottenheimer, they all just they just never lasted that long. They never they never lasted that long. Other than Joe Gibbs the first time, and maybe whoever was before Joe Gibbs, they never really had any like consistent head coaches. You know what I'm saying? The Redskins like front office lose patience with them and they're gone. They had Jim Zorn. He did all right. Then he's gone. And then Redskins, they haven't won a title since I was born. They they were the champs. 
they won the Super Bowl in like 1992, literally months before I was born, and they haven't been past the second round since. Every time you see a Redskins game, they gonna do something stupid. They gonna do something like, you just laugh. I'm like, what in the world is this? How, what are they doing? When you watch a Redskins game, you expect some expect a, a, a blooper or, or a spectacle. They are hilarious. And they always, they choke a lot too. Especially in the playoffs. Especially in the playoffs. They always choking. I, I always root for them in the playoffs because it's rare that I ever see them in the playoffs. And then when they get to the playoffs, they always lose. They only won one playoff game. Okay, they've won two playoff games since I've been alive. Two. The 99 one I don't remember. I was five. I was five, six years old. I was six years old. I don't remember that. The one in 05, they beat the Bucks barely. I was happy about that. But then they choke in Seattle. I'll give you a pass on the second Seattle one because RG3 got hurt. I'll give you a pass on that one. The Packers, all this, you like that? You like that? All that. And you choke. And you get killed by Aaron Rodgers. And then and then freaking brittle Randall Cobb get come in your locker room like, you like that? Man, y'all trash, man. Get, get out of here, bro. Every time they have success, they start talking. Then they team choke. And then they go back to being trash for another two, three years. Or more. And then they get another coach. They build their team back up. They win again. The coach, then they become mediocre. Then they fire the coach. Then they become trash again. And the cycle just keeps continuing because they got a shaky owner and they always got shaky general manager and and front office leadership. The team is a joke. And then the free agent signings. Now McNabb, now I was a I became a fan of the Eagles because of McNabb. They signed McNabb to a crazy contract. Then the next day, he gets destroyed by the Eagles and Michael Vick. And McNabb wasn't the same since. That Albert Haynes were signing, oh my God. Record, like record contract. He ain't do nothing. Deion Sanders, they gave him all that money. He didn't do nothing. And then he went to the Ravens. What? What? Every now and then they get it right with, like, Pierre Garçon or, or, or Santana Moss. Or maybe even, like, like Mark Brunel. But other than that, think them free agents, some of them free agent signings are a joke. Are you kidding? Now, I, I know, I know I can't talk because we had, like, freaking Namde Awesome Wah and freaking Vince Young. And, you know, <laughs> and we had Orlando Skandrick. I, yeah, 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 whatever. The Redskins, some of the Redskins free agent failure, failures are worse. I can talk all day about that, but, hey, it is what it is. All I know is the money is key in this situation. Losing big sponsors and and big investors, you see, money talks. Because ever since Dan Snyder had the team, they had mad lawsuits. 
Now, when they lost their trademark temporarily, I thought it was a wrap. They're definitely going to change the name now. They ain't making money off the trademark. That that lawsuit got overturned. You fought that hard to keep the Redskins name. All for it to come undone in a matter of months because of social justice and your sponsors and investors pulling out. That's all it took? Your investors telling you it's wrong? See, money talks. Money talks. That's the most important color in the United States, green. <laughs> for real, dog. That's what this is telling me, man. This is that's the, the big corporations run this country. Not no president. Times I gotta tell you, boy. The, the people in the corporations, that's who run this country for real. That's what this year is telling me. It is showing me and teaching me that the everyday people, the consumers and the big corporations, they run this country. The politicians don't. They just pawn. And we're playing chess. And they just pawns. Fuck you talking about, man. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Um... <laughs> hey, yo. Okay, the Black National Anthem is set to be played week one of the NFL. When I saw this, I was like, this is cool. Because growing up in school, in elementary school, we used to sing it. And then, you know, when I went to Catholic school, they didn't really sing it. And they damn sure ain't singing it at OU unless you go to a, a BSA event or something. And even then, you probably ain't going to hear it. Uh, I started hearing it again once I went to Howard Games because my godbrother played for them. I'm about to make a whole compilation of my Howard takes, by the way. But anyway, it kind of reminds me of Howard Games. They say the Black National Anthem at damn near every game and it's lit because when they get to the last part the band start playing and you start jamming and stuff man like if that happens at an nfl game that would be lit just because of the coolness i like it because of the coolness of it because i thought i'd never see that nfl game but it doesn't seem like anyone likes this idea Black people think it's performative. Black people on both sides. One one side, the liberal side, think it's performative. And the conservative side think it's racist. Like, so, no one really likes this idea. I don't mind it. It's it's pretty cool. Just because it's just unique. It, I didn't think it ever happened. It's unbelievable. And it'd be just like Howard Games. And Howard Games are fun. <laughs> But I can I can see how that would be a problem and get less people to watch. They'll think it over and they'll talk about it. We'll see what happens. I think ultimately the pushback is going to cause them not to do it. So I don't I don't think it's going to happen. But I'll get used to seeing it to to singing the anthem at Howard Games for sure. Now, this delete eight idea for the NBA, I should have known this was going to happen. Because Lloyd Pierce spoke out against the other eight teams not being there. They get extra time off, but the young players don't get experience. And they don't get, you know, time to work with their team. The extra time lost by the pandemic and then the late start to the next season because they have to finish the previous season because they're out. So I'm sure, and I'm sure he's not the only one that felt this way. So their idea from the gist of it is supposed to be 
They go to Chicago. I guess they play at United Center, and they stay at some hotels connected to United Center, and they just, I don't know, run a training, run training camp and run some scrimmages, and maybe they'll do a tournament on some summer league type stuff. It sounds cool because I, I wish the Wizards were in that instead of Orlando because Orlando is, is not looking good, especially if Brad doesn't play. I would rather them be in that and get our young players some experience, and then Brad Bill can definitely sit out. But it's not gonna, uh, it's not gonna happen. We're gonna be in Orlando. Um, this Chicago idea is fine, but once again, a lot of people don't like it because they don't see the point. People risking injury and people risking coronavirus for something pointless. You're not competing for a title, so it seems pointless to them. But I do. I would love to see. Uh, selfishly, I kind of want to see it happen so Trey Young can get more game experience, so the Hawks could get more game experience, and even like the Bulls. I want to see the Bulls get more experience too because they got a good young team. I like it in that aspect, but it does put them at risk, and the players we want to see probably will opt out, and it's just gonna be nonsense. It's gonna be like. Like like replacement players and, and G League players and stuff and you might as well just watch the freaking TBT if you you want to see all that. <laughs> I'm just saying I don't think it's gonna happen. It's too it's too many risks, man. It's too many risks and it's not enough incentive other than you get paid and you get experience and you get your body right for the next season. I I just don't it. it it might happen. I just don't see it. I, ultimately, I don't think it's going to work. I don't think it's going to happen. Even if they do, even if they do end up doing it, expect some players to opt out. Expect expect some important players to opt out. Don't expect to see Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, or Draymond Green. Don't expect to see, you might not even see Zach Levine. Don't expect to see like, like Tristan Thompson or Kevin Love. Some of them people are going to opt out. I don't think they're going to go. I would love to see all that. In a perfect world, they do a tournament just for for entertainment purposes. We get to see all the good players on these bad teams, including Steph, Clay, and Draymond. And the winner of the tournament gets the number one pick. In a perfect world, I would love for that to happen, but it's probably not. We're probably going to have the same boring lottery and uh, just hope and pray that the Warriors don't get the number one pick. <laughs> uh, we'll see, though. It'd be cool if Cleveland got it. I don't. There's no LeBron-type talent in this draft. But who knows? If you, if you pair whoever comes out of this draft with Colin Sexton and Darius Garland, who knows? Who knows what they can build? Especially if it's a big man. Come on, man. That's fire. Hey, we'll see. I would love to see Vince Carter. I would love to see Trey Young. I would love to see Stephen Clay. Just don't think it's going to happen, dog. <laughs> I don't. It'll be, of course, it'd be more Eastern Conference teams than Western Conference teams. I would love to see Blake Griffin. He probably won't play. And this is facts. I would love to see Carl Anthony Towns. They ain't playing, dog. So I don't think the idea is going to work. Now, if they do, they probably do it like behind closed doors. But you could put that on TV and you'll get viewers. I'm going to move on from that and provide a KBO 
update. So NC Dinos. Okay, when I took my notes on Friday, they were 35 and 16. I don't know what they are now. I have to look at it. But 35 and 16, still number one in the KBO. Still have crazy numbers, even though their pitching numbers are starting to come back a little bit. Their, their, their numbers are kind of falling back to the pack a little bit. But they're still the number one team in KBO. Kiwoom is now in second. They're 33 and 20. See, they finished second in KBO last year. So they're coming back in the form once again. They're 7 and 3 in their last 10 games. Doosan is two and a half games back of Kiwoom. I'm pretty sure they were like five games ahead of them a few weeks ago. That's crazy. They're five and a half back of NC. Samsung jumped LG. Remember, two podcast episodes ago, I was hyping LG. I was like, oh, they on a roll. They killing it. They about to catch NC Dinos. They they hit a wall. They're three and seven in their last ten. And now Samsung caught up to them. And Samsung is a below like average team in this league. Below average to mediocre. And they caught LG. So they're sliding. They have time to get it together. I don't know how many teams make the freaking KBO playoffs. But I don't really see LG or or Samsung really doing anything. But LG has a chance. Let's say if they do four teams in the playoffs. They have a chance. SK and Hanwha are still in last. But Hanwha... Han was only two games back of SK, so they might catch them. And I, like I said, the one time I watched SK, they were horrible. The two times I watched Hanwa, they actually weren't that bad. One game they choked, but they weren't that bad. So I can kind of understand that, why they're catching SK. Uh, Kuche Mo still leads ERA with 150. It ain't the ridiculous 0.43 or 0.75. It's now 150. So he's he's coming back to normal a little bit. They got a hell of a reliever. Uh, Wan Jung uh, Hun? That's what you say? That's how you say it? Not, I don't know. He leads the league in saves with 13. That's crazy. Um, Joe Sang-woo is in second for Kiwoom with 12 saves, but has only given up two runs. I mean, could could it be another Kiwoom Doosan uh, Korean series? That was the Korean series title matchup last year. It, it's looking like, it's still looking like NC and Doosan. I'm sorry. Like, they've been in the top four, I mean, the whole season. NC Dino's been on top the whole season, so... I still expect those two teams, but we'll see. I could be wrong. Now, another thing is uh, Kiwoom has this 21-year-old. You know, just like we have really good young players in the MLB, this guy for Kiwoom is 21 years old. He has, okay, he has a 370 batting average, a three-game hit streak at the time I took these notes, three for five versus KT, a home run versus KT, He's two for four with two RBI versus Doosan. So he has already, he had six home runs last year. He had eight home runs. He has eight this year. Now they were talking about this guy on the telecast. Daniel Kim was talking about him. And they were saying, you know, he might have an MLB future. Man, with numbers like these, he can definitely make the league. 
and I would love to have him on the Nationals. Now that's a fact. I would I would take him in a heartbeat. This kid got a bright future, and I think he's been a pro since he was like 18 years old. He's like another like Bryce Harper. The kid is nice, man. The kid is nice, and I want to see how his season goes. Uh, I want to see how many home runs he gets, and he's nice. Now the the KBO season ends October 18th, so there's plenty of time to see who's good and who's not. And even NC Dinos might come back to the pack. Um, it's, it's a lot of baseball to be played, but from the looks of things, it looks like NC versus Doosan in the championship. It looks like Mel Rojas Jr. and Jose Fernandez are going to be the two best hitters in the league. It look like Coaching Mo, Eric Jokic, Ruzinski from NC Dinos. They're going to be the best pitchers. I mean, that's just, just what it is, man. And I'm cool with it. I just got to watch. Just got to keep watching. It's just tough. Because they play early as hell in the morning, and I be sleep. I just got to record everything. The hypothetical game of the episode. The hypothetical game of the episode is a basketball influencer pickup at Ridge Road Recreation Center with me. With me in it for $5,000 to be split among the winning team. So, this is going to be intense, obviously. So me and Flight are the captains, right? So all so all these guys you can find on YouTube, right? You can all find them on YouTube. Even me, even though I don't really I haven't really done anything on YouTube yet, but I plan to. I just gotta get going and have a plan. So my team. So my team, I first pick, I picked Devontae. That's my guy. He liked that. Former D three player. Devontae Frigga on YouTube, you'll be very entertained. He is like that. Team Flight. So Flight picks Chris Staples. High-flying dunker. He's been on these big-time dunk contests. He's a well-known dunker, big-time basketball influencer, you know. So I pick AJ, AJ LaPre. Look him up. He's like that, too. He played in college, too. Colton uh, plays for UMass. He's another D1 YouTuber. There's That's starting to be a growing movement. You're starting to see a lot of D1 YouTubers, man, that are doing their thing on the field of play. Then they get on YouTube and do their thing, too. There's a growing movement, and I think it's going to be more of them to come. I think I predict that one is going to be so big that they're not only going to be a superstar in college, they're going to be even bigger superstar at YouTube in the, at the same time. And it's going to cause a problem, and they're probably going to have to quit doing whatever they're doing, whether it's football, basketball, whatever. It's going to happen one day. We'll see, though. Anyway, Flight got Colton. I got White Iverson. He's amazing. White Iverson on YouTube. Flight got Cash Nasty, which is funny because they always trash talking each other and reacting to each other's videos. It's hilarious. But he got Cash Nasty. Not sure why Flight didn't choose Jordan Lawley, but I will take him. I will take him. So it looks like on paper we're going to kill them. And, of course, the last pick is Jenna Bandy. Really attractive Hooper, basketball influencer on YouTube. Look her up. She's pretty good. Uh, She beat Flight (laughs) one-on-one. She got handles. She got handles. She nice. She's underrated. Don't don't sleep on her, though. But I guess in this case, 
Chiefs pick last. Oh, well. So this game is back and forth early on. Like, we should be killing them, for freak's sake. They got flight, cash, nasty. They got flight and cash, nasty. And, and Jenna, to a certain degree, it, however you feel about her. I don't know. Like, we have the overall better team on paper. But it's back and forth. But then we started pulling away. 14-7. I only scored once. Devontae started going off with four points. Then Jenna hits a three in my face. Well, it's it's a two-pointer in street ball, by the way. And then she hit me with crossover. Them handles, like, it's just too much. Technically the worst player on the court. But I'm I'm for sure I can beat Cash Nasty in flight. Just from what I've seen on YouTube, I can at least beat them. And Jenna, I don't know. I don't know, but my track record against most female hoopers, I'll usually give them problems. So, I don't know, but Jenna Bandy, I don't know if I can beat her, with that being said. Anyway, she gets me for some points. It's okay, because I'm just because I'm to take that out and bounce back. So, all of a sudden, it's 14-10. So Devontae, White Iverson, and AJ, they scored the next three points. I mean, Devontae with his signature step back. I mean, you got Colton checking him, but he's still getting his buckets because he knows he knows how to score against Colton, and Colton knows how to score against him. So it's it's a typical battle between those two. So Flight happens to score for their team and says, Irish spring green green. Of course I laughed. That that tickles me. That might that might have that threw me off my game, hypothetically. Because I'm like, this guy is hilarious, man. Good lord. <laughs> I was waiting for him to say that. He hype and he barely did anything all game. Cash scores twice. And then and then AJ when flight think he liked that and try to score. He blocks his shot off the backboard. And then the next thing you know, I finally stopped messing around. They give me the ball, and I started getting to work on Jenna, you know, hitting her with some drives and and tough baskets to the lane. You know, I hit her with a step back of my own. And on defense, I shut her down because I'm finally starting to get used to her game. So now I'm starting to do my thing. And now it's 20 to 13. Just because I'm clutch and I'm damn near about to end the game. 20 to 13. Then Colton scores and I try to, 20 to 14 at this point, I try to end the game. I try to end the game. I, I get past Jenna and I'm blocked. I'm blocked at the at the lane. And then next possession after Colton scores again, I miss a shot. So then they stop passing me the ball. So so then we go on this unexplicable cold streak because one, we're taking bad shots, and two, their defense is insane because it's five thousand dollars on the line. Next thing you know, Chris Staple scores a few times. Colton scores again, and it's twenty twenty. It's twenty twenty. So then this is big defensive struggle. No one, everyone's getting double teamed. No one can get to the rim. Fouls, fights, arguments, all that. All that happened. 
in a seven minute span. And even me, I commit a hard foul on Jenna because I ain't playing with her no more. She tried to cross me over and then I reach in and I knock her to the ground. She gets pissed. And, you know, people white knight and get in my face. And then, you know, I laugh. I laugh it off. Like, I'm not about to fight Jenna Bandy. Like, no, no. We, we get past that. Get past that. We get the ball back. Pass it around. And then Colton steals the ball. Chris Staples is running on the opposite side of the court. Like, Chris Staples is running parallel to him. No one's going to catch them. No one tries to catch them because they know it's over. He throws it off the backboard, and Chris Staples reverse slams it. Game over. We lose. Everyone falls out because we're tired, and everyone laughs and shakes hands, and me and Jenna kind of reconcile, and that's it. That's it, man. That's it. Crazy, hypothetical game of the episode, 21-20. My team loses because I'm using my imagination here. Because freaking we got overconfident. And that's why they play the games. <laughs> Man, that was fun. Oh, and breaking news, uh Patrick Mahomes just reached an agreement on a ten year extension. We knew he was gonna be the highest quarterback, paid quarterback in the league. You might as well just lock him up now. You might as well. I just hope he can stay healthy. And I hope he continues to play at a high level. I'm rooting for him. He may have been a rival in the Big 12. Texas Tech fans may be annoying about Patrick Mahomes. But there's a reason. Because he's like that. He's nice. And I'm very interested to see what he does. But until next time, I'm out. Peace. Oh, and D. Chanel is fine as hell. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Goat Level Podcast. Make sure you share, subscribe, and get money.